Hello, good friends, and welcome to the first ever episode of the 10,000 Lamps podcast. We are a Minnesota Timberwolves podcast as part of the Basketball Podcast Network. I'm Kyle Radke, and I'm here with my dear good friend, Julian Andrews. Hey, Kyle. Good to be back. Julian, uh, I think first things first, we have to tell the people who we are. Um, Quick background, my name is Kyle Radke. Uh, If you follow the Timberwolves, you might recognize me. I actually worked for the Timberwolves for seven years, uh, putting content on the website. We actually launched the Timberwolves uh, podcast network and the Lynx podcast network uh, a few years ago. Uh, Julian and I did so as a team. And um, unfortunately, the COVID pandemic uh, hit the Timberwolves as, as it's hit um, you know, the, the entire world. And we found ourselves out of a job. Well, here we are. You can't, you can't keep us down. Um, yeah, try again next time, world. Yeah. Um, no, we're, we're so excited. And, and um, we're going to talk about the Timberwolves, obviously. Uh, but as Timberwolves fans know, like when your team's not very good, which we'll get to in a bit, uh, sometimes it's not fun to talk about all the time. So we're going right. to talk about a, a lot of stuff, whether it's uh, the rest of the NBA. Uh, Kylie, are you saying, just let me let me get this straight. Are you saying that you don't think the Wolves are going to be very good? Well, I guess we'll get there. This. Well, the, the funny thing is 10,000 layups um, podcast. Ironically, the Timberwolves have actually missed 10,000 layups this season already. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. That's true. Um, no, but like we are so excited to, to have you. Uh, you listening and, and hopefully if you listen to the layup line at over at the Timberwolves and, and you're coming over and um, you're excited to have us uh, we, we had some really nice notes on, on Twitter which I did not expect uh, so like we thank you and then for people that are new uh, thanks for joining us on this on this new journey and we couldn't be more excited to, to join for the basketball sure. podcast network yeah uh, I'm Julian I worked for the Timberwolves for a lot less time than Kyle did Kyle actually hired me um, so shout out to Kyle for doing that mm-hmm. Uh, you know, kind of kicking off my, you know, we could say career in sports, but I've, you know, I only worked in sports for the Tim Rolls, and now I do more other kinds of communications and whatnot, but I'm really stoked to be doing this podcast. It was really kind of uh, probably my favorite part of my job when I worked at the Tim Rolls, so I'm glad that it's back, um, and it's going to be nice to, I'm not going to say say whatever we want, but, you know, like everything that we used to be able to hint at you know, when we did the layup line, we'll kind of start saying saying out loud. So uh, don't expect like, you know, aggression and flames because we're still, I think, you know, reasonably nice guys and we support all the people over at the Timberwolves and we like them. But at the same time, you know, get ready to be held accountable by Kyle Ratke. It is funny. I know that. <laughs> yeah, because like people have asked me about that. They're like, well, now you can actually say what you want. And it's like, I mean, you watch, like everybody watches the games. Like we all know. Yeah. Like, right. I'm not going to tell you something that, uh, you know, nobody knows. Like, I mean, and I'm not going right. to be like maliciously mean about it. Um, you, you bring up a good point because when we did work for the Timberwolves, they were very like in, in the, I get it because like this is their job and their livelihood and your job is to promote the team. But like I like some of the things that we said, I we didn't even think was bad. And they told us we couldn't. Say yeah. That. So like. And, and we're not going to get super excited about, like, if somebody has, like, a 10.10 rebound double-double like we did before. Um, while we are Timberwolves fans at heart still, I, I think we could say. Um, oh, yeah. This is going to be a more realistic podcast about where they are, what's next. Um, and, but and like, also, we're going to have a lot of fun guests. And we have our first guest this week already. 
Yeah, um, it's going to be fun. Yeah, H- Haley O'Shaughnessy, formerly of The Ringer, um, she's doing Watch s- out for she's, that. she's doing a bunch of new stuff now, and we're excited to talk to her about it. Um, I didn't know if she'd message me back. She did, so that was nice. Yeah, shout out Haley for messaging Kyle back. That's, that's really <laughs> I appreciate nice. Appreciate it. Um, okay, <laughs> Julian, let's dive in. Um, so the Timberwolves, they're, they're t- we're recording this on a Sunday morning. So the Timberwolves have a game tonight against the Spurs. Yep. Um, they they played on Saturday night against the Spurs and they lost. Carl Anthony Towns is back. That's nice. Uh, really nice. But but they're two and seven. Julian, if you could just like talk about like if there's one thing after nine games that you've learned about this team, what is it? I mean, I think the only reasonable thing that you can take away from the last nine games is how important Carl Anthony Towns is to the Wolves' system. And that, I mean, that seems extremely obvious because he's their best player and he's, you know, one of the best players in the league. So, of course, when he's not there, you notice. Um, but just the way that the Wolves are built around Towns, I think it's like what we've been asking for you know, for for the last several years. And now here we are with the team built around Towns and Towns goes down and it is like totally rudderless. So, you know, I, I'm not like willing to make any like huge assertions about the like future of the team or like, I think all this, I mean, I'm sure we'll get into this. I think a lot of the discussion about like, oh no, like we don't have this draft pick, like that, that feels a little premature to me, just given that, you know, the standings are still really close and there haven't been that many games and Towns has been out and now he's back. So there's like a lot of reason I think to think that things are like could start turning around, but my biggest takeaway is it. Yeah. Finally, the team's built around Towns. So I guess that's the positive spin on it. And then the negative side is without Towns, this team is in trouble. Yeah. No, you're hundred percent right. Um, yeah. Like it is too soon. I did write an article um, like last week, saying that, wondering if the Timberwolves should start tanking. <laughs> like, okay, that was really premature. But like, at some point, and and I guess I didn't realize Towns would be back this soon. It seemed more like a February thing. Yeah. So me too. like the fact that he's back already is like you feel pretty good. Um, I guess my my angle was like if he doesn't come back until February and you're five and twenty and you don't get your pick unless it's in the top three, it's like well now you're playing these games where like you have to figure it out, but like we're not there yet, and we'll we'll, yeah. we'll probably get there eventually, but we're not there yet. Um, okay, so I'm glad you said that about Towns because like last night Towns um, had a great game against against the, the the Spurs, and by the time you're listening to this, there's probably like there might be another game already played, or there there for sure will be. But like, I mean, Towns has uh, like 25 points, 14 rebounds. Uh, I, th- I think he had four assists and three blocks. Right, like. Yeah, and it was pretty clear that he wasn't like that wrist was not a hundred percent. Timberwolves lose in overtime, but I guess, I guess my like the biggest takeaway, and maybe this is just like the Minnesota pessimistic sports fan in me. Bring it on! Is okay. So Towns is out, right? And which stinks. That that's like you don't want him to be out. Like he's gone through so much. Like last year, missing time, and obviously. Um, everything he's dealt with during the offseason, like that was like the worst way for the season to start. But there's part of you that's like, okay, like we have D'Angelo Russell and we have Malik Beasley and we have Wancho Hernan go like we made these signings and um like you, you got uh in the you know the trades over the last few years, like let's see what these guys can do when they're like the guys, right? And um, I was pretty against the Malik Beasley four year, sixty million dollar deal, and after nine games he actually looks pretty decent. So um, 
It's it's you know he's I think he's averaging like 19 points and he's shooting 38 percent. So it, he's been fine. Um, Juancho Hernan Gomez like probably shouldn't be a starting power forward in the NBA for a team making the playoffs, but that's not here nor there. I think if you're a Timberwolves fan, like your biggest gripe is that D'Angelo Russell is probably not like the he's. He might be a star in the sense of like he's your might be be able to be like your third your third best player on a good team. But the fact that like we marketed him as this one B to Carl's one A, it's pretty apparent that like he's not that. And yeah. like I mean he is a max player because he gets a max contract. Yeah. And <laughs> I like but yeah. and I get it because if you're Gerson Rosas and you're the Timberwolves fan base, you're thinking to yourself, Well no no no, like all right, pump the brakes on the D'Angelo Russell negativity i turned andrew wiggins contract into d'angelo russell well and you know p- plus a first round pick and i get it like i get it but just because you got rid of a bad contract doesn't mean the player that you're acquiring is going to be re- like i guess for me yeah watching him i would like a little bit more leadership and um like my my hot take that i i i uh, was texting one of my buddies last night during the game my hot take was that like the perfect role for D'Angelo Russell is in like an enhanced Lou Williams role, and like that's I mean maybe yeah that's not what you want to hear maybe, if you're a Wolves fan, maybe, but. <laughs> and it's too far and like I'm sure I'll hear about it, but um, where like and then like I'll I'll keep ranting here and I'll let you talk eventually I promise. Um, that's okay. That's but like cool. watching the game against the Spurs on Saturday night, it's at the end of the game. You you, you Towns is in the game. We're all wondering like what's going to happen and like that like the clear answer is probably a pick and roll with carl and then you have beasley in the corner and like whatever you try to figure it out okay ricky comes and like they do this fake screen and uh, you know just a slip screen and ricky goes through and then carl comes up to the screen russell calls him off and he shoots just like a boneheaded shot and i mean and that's where like if you're ryan saunders that makes him look bad because he's under fire the way it is um and it's like well there was clearly a plan there and russell just didn't want to do it where i wonder like if I don't know. I just it, it's frustrating. I it's really tough because I think that there's kind of this this tension right now where it's like you want Russell to be the leader and you want him to be a star because Cat is out, right? But then he gets that in his head and he's like, I have to be the leader. I have to be the star. I have to take these shots. But right now, like I think I texted you this, like he's shooting shots that there are maybe three or four people in the league that should be shooting. You know, like he's shooting shots like he's Lillard or Harden or you know one of these like really elite deep guys like iso guys and he's not one of those guys and so i don't know like yeah you trade for him and you say 1b probably yeah he's more of like you want him to be your second star but like ideally your second star should be able to carry your team when your first star is out but then i was thinking about it this morning and it's like if you look at the teams where russell has been the best player like we knew this right like we knew that he he couldn't be a good player on that good of a, or the best player on that good of a team because the warriors sucked last year the Nets, you know, that one year that he kind of broke out on the Nets and then eventually was traded, like, he was really good. Um, but that supporting cast was also really deep. Like, that was, you know, that was Spencer Dinwiddie and Karis LeVert and, like, all these guys who can also kind of score and carry a team. So, I don't know. It's kind of, I kind of just wonder, I, I'm, like, thinking to myself, I'm like, how did I get to the point where I, I like, I expected that D'Lo could do this? And I think it was, like, a, just a great spin job. But I also... You know, like we just have to recalibrate our expectations because yeah, he's not a first, he's not a star on a good team. No, like, and and what he does like on the court is more complimentary to what 
Cat does than what Wiggins did. And I think that's pretty undeniable. Um, so I, I still, to me, that trade is still a net positive. Obviously, we have to wait and see what happens with this draft pick. Obviously, worst case scenario, I'm not telling Wolves fans anything they don't know here, but worst case scenario is that the Wolves finish with like the fourth or fifth pick and lose it, right? So you either have to tank and then like, if this season goes totally south, you're not in that bad of a spot because you add another really high draft pick to this and like, you know, Anthony Edwards is looking good. I'm sure we'll talk about him, but it's like, that's you do not want to end up in kind of this middle ground and like to me that's the biggest risk right now like if i had to bet on what was going to happen with this season it's that we won't make the playoffs and we'll lose the pick because i because i don't think with cat i don't think this team is horrible like i think cat seems like the defensive improvement seems very real for him and you know he's an elite elite guy and you know so I don't know. I'm very I'm very concerned uh, that that we're just going to kind of end up in this no man's land, and I think Dilo has a lot to do with that. Because if he was better, he would be able to carry the team when Cat is out. And I guess if he was worse, then <laughs> we just like have a higher draft pick. Yeah, it, it it's hard. And like I get in. A, I mean, when, when a player gets tossed around to multiple teams, and like they they get like the I can't even think of like a, a, a comparison right now, but it's like. Okay, you you can look at every single move that like why teams got rid of Russell in a vacuum and say like oh that makes sense like the Lakers like he had the immaturity issues there and I think yeah. they were just like basically going star hunting and they wanted to get rid of all their guys okay so like the Lakers also at that point weren't a super well run franchise no, so it, yeah hundred percent yeah. okay so then he goes to the Nets right and then he actually is like okay I think he made an All Star game and, and like they made the yeah. playoffs and I yep. think they got swept real quick but. Um, Okay, and then, then you think, like, okay, they got rid of him to the Warriors because they were going to bring in Kyrie. And it's like, okay, that that makes sense. And then yeah. he goes to the Warriors, and you're like, well, he's not going to fit in with Clay and, and Steph. It's Okay, that makes sense. But, I mean, if he was – if if every franchise thought he was, like, this top 20 guy, he wouldn't keep getting traded. So Somebody would have been like, okay, we'll figure it out. Like, the fit's weird, but we'll figure it out. And nobody said that. Yeah, which, I mean – and if you're Minnesota, like you have to be realistic too. Like he's a friend of Carl Anthony Towns. You want him to stay. Um, you know he. You're in a market where you're not attracting a bunch of stars the way it is. Um, so whatever. I mean, like I'm probably overreacting. Um, I just like that's been my one takeaway where it's like maybe like we should pump the brakes on this like, you know Russell Towns multiple. We're gonna go to NBA Finals. Like it's probably not. We're not. Yeah. We're not there. Meanwhile, Wiggins in. Um, Golden State, they're gold, they're, Golden State's five and four, by the way. Wiggins, uh, eighteen points, five rebounds, two assists, shooting forty uh, percent from the three point line this year. So, um, I mean, whatever. Like, yeah, I'm not stressing that too much. We've, we've seen that know, dance from Wiggins before too. <laughs> yeah. Also, like, he was so bad at the beginning of the season, and I'm glad he's turning it around. Like, I like Wiggs. I hope he does well there. Okay, but yeah, I'm not like too worried about that. I agree, hundred percent. Um, we've been through the uh, Wiggins fools us for five games, and then yeah. <laughs> turns in, and he's like Andrew, great guy, um, but not always a great basketball player. Okay, um, uh, let's talk about some of the young guys. Um, like so, you mentioned Anthony Edwards, and um, he's been really good. Yeah, uh, and like obviously he has like rookie blunders, and like he does stuff where you're like, okay, that's dumb, but then he realizes like he's 19 years old. Uh, and that's what people like, whatever, like he's in the NBA. Um, the, I mean, LaMelo ball too, like he, he just became the youngest player in the, the like league history to get a triple double, which is, seems really, really good. Cause there's been a lot of good players, but yeah. like so far, Anthony Edwards, your, your thoughts. 
I like him a lot. I, I mean, I, I think that I was I was texting with a couple of my friends about this. I think that this is one of the problems in like the media right now. Like somehow Anthony Edwards got assessed as like having a bad attitude or like not caring about basketball, and you know, turns out he's just like a a nice chill dude. Yeah, you know, and like somehow that got misinterpreted as like not wanting to work. Which I I don't know. I'm sure we could like really dig into why that uh, is the case, but I think. He's exactly the type of guy you want in your building. Like, you know, he's seems like a really good teammate and like a good culture guy. He's confident, which I love. Like, I know that, yeah, I love that. sometimes I young agree. players get labeled as cocky, but like, I want my number one overall pick to believe in his abilities. You know, that's great. That's exactly what I want. So, I mean, he's raw. He needs a lot of work. Like, there's, I think you hit the nail on the head. Like, he's young. He's going to do stuff that you're like, why did you do that? But at the same time, like, yeah, he's great. I'm all in. I don't know. I don't really have an in-depth analysis. I just really like him. No, I, I think, like, the confidence thing is huge for me because, like, we've seen that before, like, where, uh, you know, a young player comes in and there. And, like, I think a great example of it is Jarrett Culver last year where he came in and, like, in a similar situation to Edwards, actually, where, like, he didn't have summer league um, just due to, like, the, the NBA's draft trade rules and whatever. Um, and then, like, it was pretty clear, like, Culver wasn't ready for the NBA yet. And then his confidence, you could just see, like, just get sucked out of him, which that stinks to see. And, like, Culver's actually... Horrible, after, yeah. Two, he, Culver's numbers, actually, I surprised, like, after looking at him this morning, is not as good as I thought they were. Um, but he just looks more confident, which is a win for me. Um, but with Edwards, yeah, there's, like, that fine line between, like, the annoying confidence... Um, of like okay like you're not that good you haven't arrived yet and then like the i just believe in myself and right now edwards is on the i just believe in myself and whatever like, totally we'll figure yeah. like and that's great and um like he's the, he's certainly gonna have humbling moments like saturday night uh he could have went for a dunk to put the game within one and the bulls could have fouled and then they would have had a sh- another shot but he tried to kick it out which like you get um there's a lot of things yeah. going on. But, yeah, Anthony Edwards, I think, so far. And so far, like, uh, also, everybody that called this draft class weak, which I was part of that group, I will say that, um, so far doesn't really seem that weak. A lot of fun guys. Yeah, seems like maybe, the, like, Wiseman, like, LaMelo and, and uh, Edwards, the top three guys, like, it looks like they're going to work out. And then there's, you know, yeah. a bunch of other fun guys. Uh, yeah, I, t- I totally agree. A segment we have on our show on the layup line. Um it's called the Ben Simmons three-point watch. Uh, <laughs> yeah. We don't get to use it very often, Julian. Uh, well, there's nothing to watch. That was, well, I mean, he, he's made one. Oh, he has? He made How one. How did I not notice? He made one. Uh, I think it was uh, it was sometime this week. Um, he was in the corner. He didn't hesitate. The bench went wild. Uh, last year, he made two. Will he go over or under two three-pointers made two? this season oh god last year i took the over on 10 so i feel That's like sad, i yeah. have to take i have to take the over on two i'm like i bought it at this point over he's averaging 0.13 on 0.2 attempts per game so i think that yes over the course of the season that would give him uh seven maybe we'll have kevin o'connor on from the from the ringer um <laughs> to talk about this because like when I watched that play, he did it so, like, he wasn't thinking. Like, it was just uh, muscle memory, whatever. It was just, he yeah. got the ball. I was, I'm wide open. This is what humans do in the in the corner um, <laughs> at the three-point line. And, like, he made it, which is great. I wonder just why, like, why can't we just do that every single time? Like, why every yeah. time he gets it on the top of the key, 
why not just shoot? Because eventually he's gonna he's gonna need that. But um, all right, uh, we'll talk about that later. Uh, one more of a of kind of a serious topic here. Um, uh, like we're not surprised by this at all. I don't think just given the way that it's worked out in other sports leagues. Um, like the NFL, I think like Kevin Stefanski, the, the, the Browns are playing a playoff game on, yeah. they played on Sunday and he's at home and he, and he can't watch. And like, um, so obviously COVID has, has, uh, to, to, you know, to like the fact that we're talking about players not being able to play for teams because they were exposed or like they're sick and likely to recover is like on the high, like the hierarchy of importance, I realize where that's at. So I don't want to sound insensitive at all. Um, cause I re- I realize a lot of people are dealing with much bigger things. Um, but with, with, with that being said, um, are like, I mean, Jason Tatum, he's going to be out for 14 days. Kevin Durant is just getting done with kind of a, like a seven day quarantine. Um, uh, the, the Mavericks, a player tested positive and, and there's two contact tracing, uh, Michael Porter jr. Missed his fifth straight game due to it. Um, are, are you concerned at all that, that this is going to be a, a bigger deal down the stretch and something the NBA can't handle? Uh, yes, is the short, is the short <laughs> answer. Yes. I like, I'm very concerned about COVID. I mean, I, I, I think the NBA might've gotten a little cocky just given how well the bubble worked. Um, and obviously, you know, that bubble was awesome. You know, like they did a really good job. So like credit to them. Um, but obviously that's not sustainable for the whole season. And so, you know, I totally understand why they chose not to have a bubble. And I completely understand why the players didn't want a bubble because that would be horrible for them. Um, but yeah, it's definitely going to be a problem. And am I worried to the extent of, this is a tough one. Cause it's like, am I worried that the season will be canceled? Like, no, probably not. I think they will probably figure it out slash. I think that the, you know, financial forces in play will lead the NBA to do everything in their power to not cancel the season. Whether or not you think they should be playing the season is a, is a, like a different question. But yeah, I'm very worried. I really hope. I mean, the the nightmare scenario is that like a player gets really sick or, or, or like God forbid dies, mm-hmm. and so you know, I I just don't want that to happen. I, I think that would be the, the absolute, obviously, the worst case scenario for the league and for everyone. And I really hope that they're careful. Like, I hope that all of these people who are out is because the NBA is doing a really good job of contract tracing and making people isolate, you know? And I think that, like, if the quality of play is the price that we have to pay for safety, then it's completely worth it. But, yes, I'm very concerned. Yeah, I, I, I think you're I think you're spot on. Um, it's, um, you know, I guess my concern is that we're going to get to the point where it's like the NFL where um, – like the NFL, the, the luxury there is like you only play one game a week, but you can tell yeah. uh, once the NFL got through like week eight or week nine and like it was clearly becoming a problem, they just instead of like, you know, like there's no, there's in no world should the like you play a football game on Sunday and then on Monday four players in that game tested positive. Um, yeah. Which right. for, for teams that like, I think like the Ravens, right? Like they had like a bunch of players test positive And then like the week after that, like three more players did. And it's like, okay. So like, we were just gonna, like, you guys were gonna play the game no matter what. Uh, and I guess yeah. that, that's like my concern is like, it, you know, if, you know, Jason Tatum's doing a two week, uh, where he's sitting out and like, that's eight games, you know, that's 10% of the season, um, in, in a shortened season, you know, even a, a little bit more than that. So it's like, you, you know, you can see a point where where there's two weeks left in the in the season, and uh, 
X team is a, a game back and all of a sudden, like, you know, three other, like, how honest are, like, you know, again, the bigger picture is players' health, but at what point does, um, you know, do you take a step back and you look at, okay, like, there's money to be made here and let's ignore these things. And Yeah, I mean, look what happened to the Dodgers, you know? Like, yeah, I, I really hope that we can trust the NBA. And there is, like, a part of me that is, like, they've been on this before so i do feel like in some sense they've earned the benefit of the doubt Mm -hmm. but you know we have to be paying attention because yeah whenever this amount of money gets involved with anything it can get really really weird it's true and we we, i mean like there's no reason not to trust the nba because they have handled all of this uh seemingly really well but it's uh it's concerning um expect like just looking at these games and seeing these players out for um extended amount of time and we're early in the season yeah yeah. And and like and I mean the challenging thing here is it's it's like you know yes we're not in the bubble which means players can go home to their families which like they should be able to do but also uh, you know is a kid you know if your kids at school or if your kids at a daycare mm-hmm. um you know and like th- then you're basically asking your whole family to 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 be really safe which they should be anyways but like you're you're kind of restricting what they can do as well um and if you know a, a player's partner is going to work or you know whatever and right. somebody tests yep. positive then it's like that trickle down effect of like uh what like how do we handle that and um it's something we're all kind of dealing with um but you know unfortunately for us julian we, we're not paid millions of dollars to play basketball we, we're just <laughs> yeah, sitting right. in our houses working from home so yeah it's a little different uh okay looking at the standings through um what are we i mean like we're three weeks into the season or whatever um what's the most surprising part for you well do you want to go first i feel like i've gone first on all the questions do you want to hit some of your hot takes yeah so i have two things um i I was talking about Lamelo ball before um it turns out like he's pretty good like like i don't have like a player comp for him but um it just seems like he's like the jason the young jason kid where like he couldn't really shoot and he has all like a, a you know a, some faults but like he does he, he has such a good feel for the game um uh, and the hornets are five and five and suddenly yeah. like the fact that they got gordon hayward and it's still a ridiculous contract and um i don't know how like the the ball rogier and Devonte graham thing really works out um whatever it's just that they're in the middle of the standings in the East, and they have the same record as the Brooklyn Nets through ten games, um, which is promising. And I, I think, like, if you're like the, the the Hornets, and you're wondering if we made the the right decision uh, with your pick, you feel pretty good. Um, um, like, I'll go to the West quick, and I guess this really isn't a surprise. Um, it, it's more of this. I, I, it's it's kind of sad actually. Um, like the John Morant injury in in Memphis. Like they're going to be really bad. Uh, yeah, it's and, too bad. And Jaron Jackson's still out, so um, it's disappointing. But like, if you, you know, look, they have their first round pick, Julian, and they're going to get a top five pick in an absolutely loaded draft. And you're going to look at their team, and you're going to you're going to have John Morant, you're going to have Jaron Jackson Jr., you're going to have whoever this Clark, play, this player's going to be, and um, th- like. Like obviously, you were hoping that they were gonna like make a run for an eight seed or a right. seven seed. Um, this might be the better case scenario for the franchise as a whole, though, in the long run. Yeah, and like I, for me, that's something I'm keeping an eye on. Like they, like their core is gonna get really, really strong, and that is uh, that's you got to feel good if, about that if you're a Memphis fan. 
Yeah. Oh my gosh. Looking at the standings, like how many teams do you think are not competitive right now? Because I'm looking at the Western Conference, and I, it depends. I mean, it depends on how generous you want to be with the Timberwolves. But even if you say the Timberwolves, if you say the Timberwolves don't look like a playoff team right now, I would say that's you know probably, probably right. The, the you know the Thunder have surprised. I expected them to be horrible. They're not. Um, so what? Top twelve teams are all competitive. Like the Rockets are the twelve seed. And, you know, they can, like, string together a couple of wins. Like, I don't know. The Pelicans, like, didn't look great, but they're right there. So it's just, like, a little bit of the early season. Everybody's relatively close just because not that many games have been played. So, you know, I'm, I'm like, aware of that bias. But I just I feel like this year and several years going forward are just going to be really competitive. And that's great for the league. And then in the East, it's kind of the same deal. Like, the Bulls, probably not competitive. The Pistons, probably not competitive. The Wizards, unfortunately, I was kind of hoping that they would pull it together, but they don't look good. Uh, The Raptors look horrible. I'm not quite sure what's happening there. I I feel kind of like... So even if you're like, okay, the Raptors and the Wizards might figure it out because they have a lot of talent, you know, at the very least, what are what, like 11 competitive teams in the East? Yeah. And I mean, so it's just, it's awesome. I love it. The fact that the Knicks and the Magic and the Pacers and the Cavs are all these competitive teams now, it just like elevates... You know what? Whatever game you could be watching on any given night, like if you turn the league on, you know it, the chances are you're going to be watching a good game, which is awesome. And there have been a lot of blowouts this season. I have noticed that, and I've read some articles around that. But like so many teams could realistically talk themselves into being play, playoff teams right now, and that's that's good. I I mean I did realize from the, the a lot of the Timberwolves writers the uh, the there have been a lot of blowout game articles or tweets came out after the Timberwolves got. Uh, blown out a lot but like yeah we have been blown out like it, seven times it, se- in a row. <laughs> it seems like a very good timberwolves public relations uh tidbit to to put out there like oh hey, that's actually smart we've dang. gotten blown out a lot but hey uh there's actually been 80 percent more blowouts across the nba so you guys should write about that um speaking of the timberwolves and their upcoming schedule uh i had it pulled up here um okay so their up- upcoming schedule for, like i said we're recording this on a sunday so um, you guys will know what they did against the Spurs. My guess, and we'll see if I'm wrong, uh, is that Carl doesn't play because it's a back-to-back and that yeah. the, the, the Wolves lose. Um, okay. But then the upcoming week, they have the, the Grizzlies twice, the Hawks, and the Magic. If Carl plays in all of those games and, like, you're trying to, to stay competitive and you want to make a run for the playoffs, um, I mean – like you, you almost have to go three and one during that stretch. You have to take advantage of, of playing the Grizzlies without John Morant. Um, like the, the Hawks seem like they're legit, and um, you have to figure that out. Like D'Angelo Russell trying to guard Trey Young might, um, uh, for some that might be entertainment, for some it might be torture. Um, and then the Magic, like you, like you have to, you have to, if you're a serious team trying to make the playoffs, like those are games you win. Um, and it's like similar to like the Saturday night's game where. You get 25 points, 14 rebounds, and um, four assists and three blocks from Carl, and you lose the game like against a, yeah. a team that's also kind of in the same boat as you. Like That's super disappointing. So uh, we're going to find out a lot about the Timberwolves in the next week. Um, we'll, yeah. we'll talk to you guys before then, obviously. But, like, um, I mean, like there's a scenario where if the, the Wolves do okay there, we're looking at them being, like, four and seven or four and eight. And there's a yeah, and then you're right back in there. And there's a scenario where if things go wrong, you're uh, three and eleven, and it's like yeah, you're not in a good place. And um, you know, uh, 
if, if, Julian, if you could rule one team out of the playoffs right now, like you're just like you basically are telling their fan base and and their team like, hey, you don't have to play another game. You're, you guys aren't going to make the playoffs in in the East and the West. If you could pick one team um, of either conference, who would you pick? Uh, I think the Pistons. Yeah, I think it's pack it up and go home. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> they don't look good, uh, and uh, they just—I I mean, they just don't have the talent. Like, I, I like Blake Griffin, but you know he can't stay healthy. What, what and a, Hayes is out, and what yeah. a weird roster too. Yeah, sorry, I don't know Jeremy Grant. Like, I, I really like him, a good player, but I—it's I, and then you know. like, okay, your best players, like your 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 best player is probably Blake Griffin, um, and then your second, like I guess, like your promising player that showed. Uh, some potential last year as a rookie was CQ Demboya. Yeah. So then, what do you do? Still really young. What do you do? You just sign Jeremy Grant, and then you get Mason or Miles Plumley. Um, I forget which one, but they got one of the Plumleys from from Denver. It's like I don't understand. I don't understand that. Yeah. That doesn't it's make weird. It's weird. We're weird, weird roster. Okay. Um, we're we're gonna do this cool thing throughout the throughout our podcast and. Um, it's it, it. I don't even want to call it a partnership because it's it's really not. And some of these restaurants won't even know we're doing this. Um, we we want to focus in on a restaurant of the week. Um, it's it's a, in, in Minneapolis. We're not getting anything from this. Um, we just want to like. Obviously, it's been a really really hard year for for a lot of people. And um, I think like restaurant and small business owners are probably at the top of that list. Um, so we want to focus in on a restaurant every week uh, that you should go check out. Uh, that we've tried that julian and i have actually we've been to i'll go first this week uh it's a restaurant called hazel's and it's in northeast minneapolis it's about three blocks from my house and i probably shouldn't tell you people where i live but uh it's close it's on 25th and johnson in the northeast area i'm gonna come find you now (laughs) come find me um and if you want food that reminds you of your grandma's cooking uh or how you wish your grandma had cooked (laughs) uh hazel's is a place for you if you're going for breakfast you can't go wrong with an omelet if you're in the mood for an appetizer i can tell you from firsthand experience get the cheese curds you won't regret it Mm. um check them out if you're in minneapolis um you can tell them Ten Thousand lamps sent you you don't have to we don't care uh just go support them they won't know what you mean if you say that (laughs) very (laughs) good they'll they'll be very very confused but you can tell them yeah they're like i don't understand what that means like all right cool Um, that's cool. So, what's the like? How would you describe the? It's just like Amer- like American food. Yeah, kind of, kind of like a little diner. Um, okay, cool, nice. Yeah, and like I, I'm not 100 percent right. Somebody can correct me on, on this, but I think like it opened a few years ago, uh, and it was basically um, that it was the restaurant was trying to mirror the the owner's like grandma's cooking. Okay, and got I, it. I think nice. her name was Hazel. And if you go in there, yeah, it's like super small town feel. Like you'll forget that you're in um, Minneapolis. Uh, like you feel like you know you're you're in a small town diner and um, like a lot of cool artwork. There's some booths. Then um, we don't know like when everybody can like feel good about eating inside again. Right. Um, yeah. But like especially like to go support them and then if you know it, whenever we do open inside and there's um, you know p- patio seating. I think I think they're it's, doing good. They're good. They're uh, doing good takeout oh, options. Yeah. We've got nice. we get their cheese curds like once a week. That's awesome. Yeah. I got to check this place out. See, this is why we do this. Yeah, I'm not like, am I proud of myself that I have? No. Um, do I feel good after I eat it? Yes. Kyle, you're you're supporting the local community. Uh, yeah. Uh, yes. It's true. This is why, you know, this is why you're considered a true ambassador of the... <laughs> a true ambassador. Yes. Minneapolis. Uh, I won't be more specific about where you live. Community. Yeah. I appreciate <laughs> that. Uh, but yeah, go check out Hazel's. Um, Julian, good first episode. 
Yeah, for real. This was fun. Um, yeah, it's really nice to be back. It's good to be talking. It's uh, going to be a really good season, so I'm, I'm excited. And I, it's going to be fun to just kind of figure out where we want to go with this podcast and build an audience. And it's always fun to be building something, so it's 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 nice. Yeah, I'm pumped. Uh, this episode should launch on Monday. Um, we're in the process of putting up a, a, a Twitter feed for for the uh, the Ten Thousand Lamps podcast, you can follow me on Twitter if you want at Kyle underscore Ratke. Julian, what's your what's your Twitter Twitter handle? Uh, Julian underscore Andrews underscore. The double. You can't, you can't forget the last underscore because sometimes people forget the last underscore and then they tag someone else. Mm-hmm. All these Julian Andrews posers out there. I, for real, mm-hmm. they're trying to capitalize on my success yeah. for my slightly viral tweet about Ja Rule. It was a good tweet. I will <laughs> say it was a good tweet. Uh, so this episode will drop on Monday, I would guess. Um, so if, if that's when you're listening to this, great. You know better than I do because you're listening already. Um, our second episode will launch on Thursday. It will hate your feeds. Please subscribe, 10,000 Lamps Podcast. Uh, Haley O'Shaughnessy on Thursday. So we're excited. Julian, uh, thanks, my man. Um, I'll, yeah, dude. I'll, I'll talk to you soon. See you next time.